This episode is brought to you by Habit Aware. If you follow me on social media, you have seen me with my keen too in lilac. I love it. And I love that it is a tool created for BFRBs by someone who has a BFRB. My Keen 2 brings awareness to my trichotillomania by giving my wrist a gentle hug or vibration when I'm doing the scanning behavior. Bring awareness into your life by visiting barbaralally.com slash habit aware. Hi. So I have always been a first, first I was a thumb sucker up until like the age of 10. I know that is far beyond during that time. I would bite my nails down to, and trigger warning, down to bloody stumps. Like they were gross, right? And I still do it. I try really hard to not do that, um, but I'll be honest with you, it just, it always happens, right? I mean, I think we all know that once it's an established habit, specifically with BFRBs, it is really difficult <laughs> to be kind to myself. It's very difficult to not do that. Um, I'm looking at my nails as I talk to just really, uh, I can't even describe to you. It's it's not good. Um, and, you know, everything around the nail bed just uh, suffers from that, too. But, yeah, that's been since I was a wee baby. And I didn't even realize, this is so funny, I didn't even realize that this was a thing. Like, I didn't even realize that BFRBs in, in total were a thing until very recently. And as somebody who <laughs> literally lives with one, it's, you know, it's interesting so thank you for doing this and kind of getting the word out so that other people that maybe live with this or know somebody that does can get some more information. Thank you. Thank you so much. So when you were growing up, you know, for me personally, I have trick. I pull my hair out. There was different ways people would give advice. One, you're just going to grow out of it. It's a bad habit. The other thing was, you know, why are you doing this to yourself? You need to stop. When you were growing up with your BFRB, how did people kind of respond to that? It was bitter nail polish. It was, so it was tools, right? It was always tools. But I, I think that, so I was born in the eighties. I'm a, I'm a child of the eighties. If that tells you anything, right? Like parenting and uh, tools were a lot more negative reinforcement focused as opposed to positive reinforcement focused. So yeah, Tabasco sauce, you name it really. Did you ever find anything that worked for, you know, longer than you thought it might? That's a really great question. I don't, I don't know. I remember having moments of clarity where I would look at my hands and I would say, oh my God, I actually have like white parts, right? Because again, they were always <laughs> bitten down to nothing. And it would just give me this like ability to stop. I don't know if it's willpower or just like, I want to wear pretty nail polish because I do, I love it. But I would have moments where I would just stop. But then the anxiety or worry or whatever the case may be would hit in a way that you just can't uh, protect yourself from yourself. And I would bite my nails off. When I was growing up, I would try the fake nails. And I know that sometimes people who bite their nails will also get fake nails too. Is that something that you would try? 
Yeah, so I did um, specifically for ring dance, prom, you know, fancy occasions. I was too poor to keep it up all the time. Let's be really honest. So, but they they helped to a point, but then I would just start picking at the edge and peel them off and literally just demolish any health that my nails had. And then they would be even more like enticing to rip at and pick at and bite. So it it wasn't something, it wasn't a tool that effectively helped me. Growing up, did you ever dabble in other BFRBs? So interesting that you asked that. I will pull out my eyelashes if I'm wearing mascara because it feels so different and interesting, right? And I try really hard not to, but even to this day, I just kind of like pluck at them. But I, I wouldn't say that is something that I compulsively do, no. But it is fun. Yes, it is. As I'm like looking at you, I have like barely, barely any. Those are my, mwah, I love those. I love those. So when you did find out that, hey, there's this, you know, name for this behavior you're doing, how did you feel? Okay, so I am of two minds. At first, I was like, oh, this isn't really a thing. This is, it's okay. I can, I can stop anytime, right? We both said that. Um, but it was, it was really kind of reassuring to know that I can go out and not be ashamed of the fact that I have stubby little fingernails. And it was just nice to know that, and I know we say it all the time, that you're not alone, right? Somebody else is dealing with this. And, you know, it was just, it was really cool. It was kind of interesting to know that I'm not just lacking willpower, right? This isn't something that I am, I'm not broken. I am doing it to comfort myself in one way or another. So it was nice. And back to what you mentioned about, you know, growing up in the 80s. I'm a 90s kid. I'm almost 80. I mean, not really. I'm 91. So yeah, kind of, kind of close. I'm 81. Um, yeah, we're good. Yeah, we're the same. We're the same. And so my, <laughs> I grew up with that, like with the negative, you know, the shame it out of them. And so it took a long time for me to retrain my brain because the, in, the instant I would pull, I would say, oh, you're so ugly. Oh, you're so horrible. Right. Like, oh my God, I'm a bad person. I'm doing this because I, they've told me not to do it and I'm going against what they're telling me. And they being the proverbial people in charge, right? Not necessarily my mom or dad, but like, oh, here we are. In first and second grade, I went to a very strict, very small Catholic school. Oh man, it was rough <laughs> for anything outside the norm, right? Like you couldn't do anything different and biting your nails was, uh, oh golly why would you even come to school? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so that was just one more like negative aspect of having this, you know, I don't want to say disorder. It's just who I am. Right. So of having this uh, character trait, I guess. Do you have a memory or like a defining moment where you're like, you know what? I'm done talking to myself this way. Like I can't keep living like this. I think a lot of it, when I started working with Calm Strips, was when I kind of realized, again, what BFRBs were and that kind of thing, and that this would be classified as one. And I think that's when I really was like, okay, look, I gotta, I just have to dismantle the shame and get rid of it because it's, my fingernails are not going to be the thing that makes or breaks anything I do, unless it's getting a sticker off a new vase, but I guess I can figure out a different way after that. So tell me, how did you get involved with comp strips? That's a really fun story. So the founder, Michael, is a great guy. We worked together at the Apple Store. 
for about five years. We've known each other for about 10 now, 13. I don't know. It's been a while. And at the time I had just left Apple. I have five children. So I was hanging out with them, doing the mom thing. And he called me and he said, you know, we've got a couple orders in hundred. Do you want to come and help me pack them? And that's it. Just a couple days. And you know, we'll be good. I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'll come help. So by the time that day came around for me to go up there, he said, Hey, we actually got an office. We're not going to be at the house. And I said, okay, that's fine. Give me the directions, whatever. And I get there and he goes, how about like you work full time? (laughs) I was like, okay, let's do that. So it went from helping out for a few days to full time. And it's been three and a half years now. And it is really, really fun. Um, and, And by fun, I mean, I, I emailed somebody earlier today, like, I get to make the rules. Like, what do you want to do? We can do that, right? Like, because we're able to help people in a way that is different, I think, than a lot of other companies. And we put a lot of emphasis on mental health and family first. And yeah, it's, it's really fun. So that's how I got started and where I am today. So let's talk about the shark in the room. How was it? you were on Shark Tank. That's our show. Like, you know what I mean? Like that you are a celebrity. And so, Oh golly. It's just like, (laughs) Oh, I know how hard it is to get on there. So how was the process getting on there? You being on there? Tell me everything. If you don't mind, I can tell you what I can tell you. So I will do that. (laughs) It was long process. I won't lie. So like you mentioned before, it is, it is a tough gig to get on, right? They reached out to us first which, and I'll be really honest with you, Michael and I both were like, are we being punked? This is silly, right? This is silly. And we just kind of leaned into it and went along with what they were asking for. And by the time we were on the flight out to go film, we were like, this might be real. (laughs) Like it literally took us getting on the airplane and being like, oh, this, this could be real, right? So we went out there. It was really quick. It was kind of after the height of COVID, but they were still very, very precautious, which I fully appreciate. And, you know, for everybody's health and safety, I appreciate it. We were able to go on. And the funny thing is like, you see what 10 minutes maybe of us being out there. It is at least an hour, 45 minutes to an hour. We were out there talking and it's really cool because while I feel like you see the personality of the sharks on television, when you're in the room with them, you can feel it a little bit differently. And like, they're just cool people. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some that we wanted to work with more than others, but we had a really good time. And yes, it was nerve wracking. And yes, I did use calm strips throughout the entire taping. <laughs> I am fumbling on my words, you know, thinking about being on there and those bright lights and they're staring at you. And I'm like, that's what I'm saying. I can't believe I know someone who was on that show. <laughs> That is just amazing. I will say, Michael used to do stand-up comedy, and I am trained in improv comedy. So we both kind of were totally fine after the first initial, like, hey, sharks pitch, because that 90 seconds was something that we had to get right. And if you mess up, you just keep going. And we weren't ready for that, right? So once we got through that first like 90 seconds, 
we didn't care. We were good because we could just kind of go with the flow at that point. But before that, we were a little shook, if you will. Couldn't even tell. If you do mess up, they keep it on there. No, they do. And it's like, crick, crick. they edit it so that it's like, you know, <laughs> you know, you did great. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Afterwards, were you overwhelmed? Like once the episode aired? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you're not allowed to tell absolutely anybody at all. Anything. We were not able to tell anybody until we actually aired. They don't let you know um, because I think, I don't know the exact numbers, but they they film more than they show, right? And I don't think that's a big secret. So you know, they gave us a heads up about a week before, but we still can't say anything. So it's a lot. And I'm also the kind of person that if I buy you a Christmas present in June, you're going to get it in June. So it was very tough for me. <laughs> it's very hard for me, but we did it. That's so awesome. So at the time, you just had the two on the on the Shark Tank episode. It was just the strips. I think it was the sand and the river rock. Correct. And then you guys mentioned on the show that you have one that kind of leads your finger. And I know you have more of those now. How quickly did you get from just the two strips to the other designs? I want to say we had like 10 total art designs in the two separate textures when we went on. And to your point, we we're coming up with, I think it was in the works that we were going to do a breathing design, which is the breathe, hold, breathe in a figure eight, kind of the lazy breathing. That came about shortly thereafter, and we were inundated. People loved the breathing designs, right? Like a call to action to have on something that's also giving you that texture feedback. Um, it was It was incredible, right? So one thing we did talk about, and I am sorry, I can't remember if this made it to air, but we talked about being innovative with what we're going to do next with comp strips. And we took that really seriously because, you know, you can have a great product, but if it's just one great product, then it can sell for 20, 30 years, right? But if you have, if you're able to innovate the product in a way that helps more people, right? So we're a lot more inclined to be in schools now because these are super simple. We now have box breathing, rainbow breathing. These are super simple ideas that anybody from the age of like six, right, can just get on board with. And it's really been fascinating to watch or to listen rather to teachers email us saying, thank you so much. I did not realize that this would be so effective. And like box breathing, again, it's super simple. It's really, really like clearing when you're just doing this. It clears your mind. It's kind of rad, right? To think about like what we've done and and there's always more coming. Do you have a favorite pack or like a favorite theme that you guys have done so far? The holiday season is underway and what better gift to give than the gift of awareness? Whether you are gifting the Keen 2 to yourself or to someone you love, you will be amazed by all the Keen 2 and Habit Aware can do for you. Learn more by visiting barbaralally.com slash Habit Aware. Okay, so Halloween is my absolute favorite. Like, I'm wearing a bat shirt right now. Like, I love it. So the first year we were in business for Halloween, we didn't do a big to-do, right? The next year... We had a Halloween contest to see like what people would come up with for their own Calm Strips design. And we picked a winner and it was called The Loner and it's a ghost and it was so cute. 
So that is kind of like one of my all time, like, oh, I love you, uh, palm strips. One that we have constantly is called Phases and it's moon phases. It's cream and black and I just love it. It's wonderful. And right now we have Scaredy Cat, which again, it's one of our Halloween designs and I'm all about it. So yeah, those are my like top, top three. I do have to say though, I worked with Amy Laird, who is just a wonderful lady. She used to work with Women's Health Magazine and she now has something called uh, Club Mental on Instagram. And it's a whole like online mental health, you know, resource place. And we did a banana for her. And so if you go on the website, you'll see like the banana breathing. It is so fun. And it's just so like random. Like when are you going to get a banana sticker and just be like, this is perfect. Well, it is. Yeah, those are those are kind of my favorites. And someone got that tattooed. I know. How freaking cool is that? So I have a couple tattoos and they're all just super random. It's fine. But when Michael showed me that, like he sent it through our Slack at work and I was like, are you kidding me? First of all, somebody got a calm strips tattoo. And secondly, it wasn't me. Like that's the weird part. <laughs> it's really cute. That is so cool. Like that has to be a bucket list thing. A hundred percent. Yeah, totally. Love it. With my BFRB, I have a whole thing. You know, I look for the texture. I'm feeling it. I also rub it on my face. Mm-hmm. So it, I love having textured things. I'll even go out of my way to like get like a textured blanket. And I think that texture element, that sensory element is so helpful. I think for anyone, but specifically, you know, BFRBs and stuff like that. Can you talk a little yeah. bit more about why this would be so helpful for that community? It's interesting. Again, before I knew, I was like, okay, this is for people with anxiety full stop. Right. And now I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's so much more. Right. So I personally like the shapes and I use my four fingers and I just rub it like in a circle, like a little tiny circle. And it's just enough. Like it doesn't feel like an emery board or anything like that. It's just enough to to let my brain know, okay, you're fidgeting with your fingers. They're not in your mouth. That's wonderful. Right. So it just gives my focus of my BFRB to be somewhere else, which is, you know, it's kind of enough, right? It's not for everybody. And we are the first people to say that it is a tool and not all tools do all jobs, right? So we're fully aware of that. But even if it doesn't help with your BFRB, it's still a really pretty sticker. I love that it can be used for your BFRB without saying, hey, everybody, I have something different about me and I want to try to stop or manage it better. It is a, a beautiful sticker that without knowing you might just say, oh, that's cute. Yes. Okay. So back to schools, right? We've heard a lot of teachers say, oh, I just put Velcro under desks. You are welcome to do that. When that is happening, though, you're prescribing shame to a need. And we have tried really, really hard to make these beautiful so that there is no shame, right? So it is discreet right? So you're not blasting it out to the world that you are using a tool. There's a fidget in my pocket, you know, anything like that. But at the same time, it can be out there. And if you wanted to tell somebody what it was, please do. Drop them, you know, the website too while you're at it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I was a teacher before I stepped into the mental health space. And I I was teaching at the time where fidget toys and pop-ums were huge. And they're great. And they do serve a great purpose. But they are a little toy-like, and so it's hard mm-hmm. to say, okay, well, are they using it to manage anxiety, or are they just playing because I'm teaching about math and they're bored? 
I think that the sticker component is nice because you can use your fingers without staring at it as well. No, absolutely. And the cool thing is they're silent, right? So this isn't going to distract the entire class. This is if little Jimmy wants to fidget on his desk with this, to your point, he doesn't even have to look at it. Like his brain is going to register this texture without having to look at it. The other cool thing with them being really pretty is we've had teachers say that, you know, I have kids that I don't even teach come in and say, hey, I saw you have like some of those palm strips. Can I get some? You know what I mean? Like, it's cool. They're like, they're going out of their way to, and I do fully believe that this is our society kind of finally coming into its own with mental health, but they're, they're advocating for themselves and going to the teacher that they know has the tool and be like, Hey, can I get some of that? And I, I love that. I think it's empowering for them. And it just makes me think that the world isn't as messed up as I think it is. Do you have any like moments or memories of just things that have you know stood out to you? That's like, wow, this is why I do what I do. This is just amazing to hear. I do. Okay. And I tell this story often and it does make me tear up. I am a crier. So bear with me. This is actually the first instance that I learned BFRB anything, right? We got a video clip in an email sent to us. This woman's name was Leah, a adorable woman who sent us this video. And she said, Hey guys, um, I just wanted to let you know that I have a BFRB and I pick at my thigh. Specifically, there was one spot that she would always go to. And she said, I put palm strips on the back of my phone. And now I'm able to hold my phone in that same spot and kind of pick at those palm strips. And I was, I was kind of blown away. I was like, are we, are we changing somebody's life? <laughs> like, and it sounds so like hubris to think oh, I'm changing people's lives, but we really were. I mean, I still think we are. It was just really touching to see. And that was kind of the first, this is within months of us working at and having comp strips open. It was just really amazing to hear this from her, from herself, right? In that video, it was really cool. That's beautiful. That's really wonderful. You had a different career before stepping into comp strips and into the mental health space. When I hear about people with BFRBs and like my my story included is like, once I start to share about mental health or like my BFRB, I find it impossible to stop. All I want to do is talk about it. I want to talk about it. I want to spread awareness of it. And then now my life and my career is that. Do you feel like you had a similar path? I do. I went to college for art history. Never finished college. That's fine. I also studied natural childbirth and my actual jobs were all in retail. So like nothing was ever kind of like pulled together and hello, ADHD, that's what you get, right? So when we started Calm Strips and I was full-time and I was learning about all this stuff, like I love it. Like I took psychology in high school and in college as well, but it's so interesting to watch not only, you know, our company grow and help people, but also like the algorithm has me pegged, right? Like they know what I need. And so to watch like all of society kind of, well, not all of society, unfortunately, but, you know, come out of the woodwork and acknowledge mental health, like that's huge, right? In and of itself. I grew up in a family that acknowledged it, but it was, again, it was the eighties, it was the nineties and we just did things differently. So and it's really cool because I get to meet people like you. I get to talk to people that are incredibly knowledgeable. And again, I didn't go to school for this. So I am learning every single day. And it is truly rad 
to get to talk to people that know their stuff. And I just, I really love learning about it. And I have neurodivergent kids. As my oldest says, I bought neurodivergence in bulk when I was pregnant. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, there's that. So like, it's, it's a common topic in our household. And I do not have shy children. So it is a common topic within their friend groups. And, you know, they're spreading it as well, which I think is, is really cool. I know for people in the BFRB community, sometimes there is that that fear of, hey, is my BFRB hereditary? For some people, yes, you can see it. Mom, sister, daughter, they all have it. But for others, it's kind of random. When you found out, hey, I have a BFRB, were you fearful like maybe your children would have a BFRB too? I didn't need to be fearful because I already knew they did. <laughs> like it, it was already a thing. Um, one of my daughters, again, I have five children, so one of my daughters really nail biter but more a cuticle picker so we do a lot of let's paint our nails right let's just paint our nails just to kind of make them something that we don't want to mess up Uh, it doesn't always work but again like it's a tool we do what we can and we just try to make it a positive as opposed to a negative because it's not it's really comfort as opposed to self-harm, right? We're not trying to harm ourselves. We are trying to find comfort. And that just happens to be biting, picking, pulling, that kind of thing. For some people, there is that fear of, oh, you know, if they have trick two, like I went through so much as a kid. And I'm like, yes, you did. But who better to parent those kids than you? Because you have Mm -hmm. it, you understand it, and you're not going to, you know, repeat the same things that hurt you when you were little. Right. So I recently was talking to Anila from Habit Aware. I think you are familiar. Yes, she's wonderful. So the Keen bracelet is something that she says gives you a hug, right? And it just tells you gently to stop. And I, when I was talking to her, I was like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. Because again, when I was growing up, it was, they would slap your hand and say, no, stop that. But now it's like, hey, how can I help you and give you a little hug, right? So, so it's a very different approach. But we wouldn't be here had we not experienced that. And I don't want to be one of those people that's like, oh, I turned out fine, because clearly not. But that's <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm. What advice would you give, you know, people in the BFRB community that want to share their story? They're a little nervous. I'm never going to tell somebody to do something they don't want to do. However, If you feel that you have the gumption to come out in public and say, hey, this is my story, there are people that will listen, there are people that care, and there are people that need to hear it. So again, if you're feeling courageous and brave, please do. But if you're not, that's okay. Just listen to other people's stories and, you know, get help if you can, when you can. And that goes for um, everything in life. (laughs) With your nail biting today... How would you describe your relationship with it? It's complicated. It's a very Facebook relationship. It's complicated. They're there. Not a great relationship. (laughs) You're talking about it. So that's like a huge step. I'll tell you what. Right. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. This year has been very, very tough. Uh, My father passed away and that was like, that was a, a, a nosedive, right? And so the nails weren't even a thing because- I mean, they were obviously gone, like everything was just kind of spiraling. And I think that our BFRBs are so intrinsically linked to our mental health, that when we are really good, we can say, hey, I can't watch The Bachelor. But when we are 
not so good. We're like, I don't even care. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so that's, it's something to be aware of, but it's also not something to let take over your mind because it's going to happen. Right. And if it does just carry on and fix what you can. One of the things that I struggle with is the idea of like tracking stuff. I like the habit of word tracker where it tells me how often I'm, you know, getting the vibration, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't personally like to count days. Oh, I didn't pull in one day. I didn't pull in two days because when I do pull, which is like normal, I'm going to feel that disappointment. And it's like, why do I, I don't want to set myself up for that. Do you feel similarly? Right. I do. I do. Absolutely. Uh, with any tracker, um, at all, if you look at it and you're like, sweet, I got 12 days. I haven't done this. And then you go and you're like, I got to reset this timer. Like that stinks, right? Like it is, it's another action that you have to take to tell somebody that you've quote unquote failed, but it's not a failure. It's just like, Oh, so this is it. Okay. In diet culture, when somebody is eating clean, and again, I use air quotes for this because they're eating clean and then they have um, a cookie or two or seven, doesn't matter. You can stop there and say, oh, I had a few cookies. We're good. Let's continue. Does not mean I have to now eat everything in my pantry, right? So you're not going to completely fail. You're not going to make the choice to completely, you know, pick your knee or whatever the case may be. Like you can just say, oh, I've done this. It's a, it's a very sit with your emotion kind of moment and carry on. If you're a little kid with your BFRB, you know, you're growing up with it, you're going to have a ton of relapses because you're still understanding what's happening. We don't even have the language. Nobody even knew what a BFRB was when we were growing up. So it's like, you know, mm-hmm. trying to to say like, you know, give myself some grace here. I'm still learning about this thing. Even though it's been with me for 22 years, I try to ignore that thing for most of it. Absolutely. And you said, give yourself some grace. That is huge. I um, was reading a book about children messing up, right? And children lying specifically. And this person said, and I am paraphrasing because my memory is total crap. I'm sorry. (laughs) They said something along the lines of not, are you lying to me? But it's more like, please tell me the truth and allow me to show you grace. Right. And I want us to be able to do that with ourselves as well. Like, yeah, I bit my nails or I I pulled out my eyelashes, but I'm going to allow myself that grace. Um, And that is something that is not done enough. Right. Like I own a lot of my mistakes and I have to, because, you know, you're never going to learn to get better if you don't. And I'm not saying this BFRB is a mistake, but just in general, you know, showing yourself grace for that is paramount. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Truck Talks. Did you know that I offer a Trichotillomania online course? My course is called Sharing Our Stories. In it, we do a deep dive into your relationship with Trichotillomania by using my guided journal, My Trickster Diaries, as our workbook. We also complete empowering activities and have a bi-weekly support group so that you can meet others in the community. As a gift to you, please use promo code TRICKTALKS25 to receive 25% off the five-session package. You can access this promotion at barbaralley.com.